Hi there, it's Vic Francis here from Shaw Vineyard Church. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today for our latest Fano podcast. All of September at church, we're going to be looking at aspects of celebrating family and in its biggest sense, just what Fano is. So we hope you'll join us week by week. And if you miss one, you can catch up either on this podcast or on our website, svc.org.nz. Right now, though, here is the latest of our series, and I do hope you'll enjoy it. So just to let you guys know about a couple of things that, that are going on. We are starting uh, a new series sort of at, at our church. It's called Fano, And uh, for the month of September, we are celebrating the concept of family. All right. So it's less of a formal series. Like this is a six week thing where we're going to work through these scriptures. It's less of that. And it's more of, hey, as a, as a church family, let's celebrate what it means to be together, to do life together, to uh, invest and grow in God. God together to celebrate uh, our biological families as well, to, to really lean into the concept of that, to recognize that even, even the, the word Fano is, is actually, it's got something deeper to it. It, it ties itself into, into legacy, uh, into tradition. And, I, and so we think it's a really beautiful thing to, to be exploring. And so I want to invite you guys over the next month you know, to really like step into church, even if you're still kind of new and you're still kind of feeling it out a little bit, this is a great chance to like sort of step in and and get amongst the lives of the people around you, get to know some people. For those of us who have been coming to church for a long time, what a great opportunity to, to invite people into our homes, um, to to build new relationships, to uh, encounter each other in a new and interesting way. And so um, so be with us this month as we celebrate Fano. I think that it's... um. I think that it's a really wonderful thing for us actually as a night church. It's um, over, the last, uh, over the last couple of months, we've been in this process as a community of sort of figuring out a little bit, a little bit who we are and the things we want to do. And we've, we've sort of uh, said yes to serving the homeless community uh, in Auckland in a bunch of really uh, amazing ways. And that's been cool. And we've done these special services at the end of every month in winter. And uh, those have been fantastic. And, you know, we had such a good response to Christoph last week. If you were here, you'll know uh, how awesome he was. And if you missed it, I highly recommend checking out the podcast because he just speaks about the story of, of the biblical story with so much um, with so much passion and enthusiasm. And I think it was I think it was really meaningful that it did a good work in some people's lives. Um, and so I think that that was really cool. And so I think that there, as a community, there are a bunch of things for us worth celebrating. We have people who have come along and and found Shaw Vineyard to be their church home. Uh, people have come from overseas or from different parts of the country, and they're settled here and they're starting to build relationships and settle into home groups and all that sort of thing. And I just think it's so wonderful that it feels like actually, even though it's a miserable night outside tonight, even though it's Father's Day, and actually, I think for us, we're actually heading into a a really cool new season. And I'm really excited uh, about finishing the year well and sort of of doing this thing. And I feel like September, a month of celebration of Fano, is actually uh, a great thing for us. Um, which actually, which brings us to tonight, um, which which really for me is something of a kickoff to our Fano series, our celebration here. And um, these words closest still have been sort of rattling around in the depths of my soul for the last week. And I, I didn't really understand them. And it's been, a, to be honest, it's been a weird week for me. Um, uh, on Monday in particular, we, uh, Georgia and I went to a funeral of who, uh, a parent of one of our friends. Um, and that was like a, that was a really strange thing. But 
very beautiful, um, a beautiful celebration of his life. Um, but, you know, but just sort of, sort of started to stir some things inside of me. And we went straight from that to go visit friends in hospital who had just had a baby. And so there was like this interesting thing, this, the, the celebration and the acknowledgement of the end of a life and the celebration and acknowledgement of a life just beginning and sort of holding these two things in tension and wrestling with the, uh, I don't know, the fragility and the resilience of human nature. This, you know, these sort of both things. It, it, just, it just put me in this like really philosophical mood. And then I, and the whole time I just had these words closer still rattling around in my mind. It felt, to be honest, deeply, deeply personal. It felt like a gentle whisper from God, Calvin, closer still. And I kept thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, it's like, man, it feels like actually there's something in this uh, worth sharing. And it seems for us an appropriate thing as we sort of step into this new season together. And so I want to talk to you tonight about these whole words of closer still. It's almost like God is calling me toward Him in a more relational way. And, I've, and I, want to, uh, I want to preface it by saying this is that I'm, I'm someone who lives with a pretty comfortable understanding and recognition that God is with me. I don't really, uh, I don't often have moments where I feel like God is super distant or, or out of the picture or anything. I often live with this like profound sense. It's like, even if I haven't read my Bible every day or I haven't done everything right or whatever, it's like I still have this, this grounding that God is with me and He loves me and I am His child. And so that's really good. And so the, the invitation, closer still, has been an interesting one. What does it look like for me to move towards Him in a more relational way, that I would know Him more and actually even allow God in some way, and I know this sounds strange, but it's almost like like that I would open myself up to Him so that I would allow more of my life to be touched by Him, that I would allow Him to know even more of me. You know, so it's, it's been this beautiful, challenging thing. And so I've been thinking a lot about what, what does it mean for me to move closer to something or to become closer to, uh, to a person or to God? What does it look like? And um, so as I, so something's happened in, in our household over the last couple of days, uh, which has just made me think about this a little bit. And it's this, right? There's a point to this, all right? Last week, Georgia says to me, hey, I'm going to do a restoration project, right? I'm going to get a chair and we're going we're gonna to refurbish it. And I said, how much of it am I going to have to do? She said, none of it. I'm going to do it all. And then she said, I can't do it. I'm going to throw it away. And I said, no, no, that's fine. We can do it. And so I've been doing some, a lot of it. But to be fair, Georgia has stained, stained it. And so anyway, so this is what arrived in our house. And we've ripped off everything. And it's just in bits now. And I've, I, I, I tried to take a, a, a bit of a whip, a bit of a work in progress picture. Didn't quite, didn't quite cut it. So I'm not, I'm not here to show you a finished product, but I am here to tell you a little bit about what the, what the restoration project uh, process has been like. Um, and, and so we basically pulled this chair apart and, and yesterday I spent about four or five hours sanding down these bits of the chair, pulled it completely apart, had it all in individual pieces and I'm outside working and I'm just sanding away, just working it down. And as I'm, as I'm there, I'm, I'm starting to think a lot about being like a handyman, you know, like, I'm like, man, I'm a real, I'm actually pretty good at this handyman stuff. Because I was standing out, right, on my deck that I built, right, on a, leaning on a bench that I also built, sanding with my sander. And I was like, man, I'm such a, I'm such a handyman, you know, I'm, I guess I'm pretty handy. And I was just like, but why do I think I'm handy? We're like, it's not like I even did like wood shop or anything in school, you know? 
I was like, where does this come from? And I was like, man, this, this idea of me being pretty handy, it's not really a Calvin thing. It's actually a Wayne thing. And Wayne was my dad. And I, and I lost my dad when I was 19 years old to cancer, which was pretty rough for me then. But, but it, what's been incredible is that every time I've done some sort of like handiwork, it's almost like I've stepped into it with some sort of like, some sort of confidence or competence. And I, I have all these really good memories of my dad showing me how to do things when I was a kid. And he was so good around the house. In fact, I remember being five or six years old and he was like, you know, he, in his spare time, he finished, he bought a shell of a house and he finished building a house when I was like six years old. It was incredible. He was so good. And his dad was a carpenter by trade. And so my dad was someone who was just, who was just always so competent with tools, so comfortable with them. And, and any sort of like problem that arose, he had the ingenuity to tackle it. And I feel like it's something that's sort of come down to me. And so as I'm, as I'm here yesterday sanding these bits of wood, I just, I actually just outside start to have this incredible moment of, of beginning to feel closer to my dad. Not because Calvin is a handyman, but there's something of my dad, something of, of the waneness of who he was that has somehow seeped into who I am that makes me feel comfortable enough to say, yeah, we can rip apart that chair and sand it down and we can get it looking beautiful. And so I had this moment of connection with my dad that, I, that actually I recognize every time I've picked up a, a set of tools, I think I've felt that. And so in this moment of yesterday of sanding, sanding this chair, it's like I began to feel closer to my dad, closer to the story, closer to the things that he, uh, he taught me, the things that he invited me towards as a son. Um, I felt closer to uh, what he longed for me. Not that my dad longed for me to be a handyman, but that, you know, every, every time when I was a kid, like a father does, he was looking to, to pass something on to me. And it's like there, there are traces of him left in who I am, and I get to kind of carry that. And so it was this beautiful moment of kind of connection with legacy, and I got to move closer to my dad. Every time I have some sort of moment like this, every time I intentionally become aware of it, it moves me closer to the thing I think that I was always meant to be. And I think it's actually really important for us to be aware of these kind of moments and also to create some sort of intentional moments that draw us toward who we are called to be in God. So from a spiritual and faithful perspective, I think it's important for us to inquire ourselves, what takes us deeper into the heart of God? What takes, takes us deeper into the story, sort of what Christoph was talking about last night? What is it that takes us deeper into God's character? And what is it that takes us deeper into the character that He invites us to have? What draws us closer still to that? I think it's an important question for us. And I think that there is always a gentle, constant, and never-changing invitation of God to move closer and in the process, discover more. We're always invited to move closer and discover more. And so really, there's, there's two 
there's two key ideas uh, or like senses of encouragement that I want to throw uh, out your way this evening. And in a way, it's incredibly basic, but it's quite important for us to, to think about and consider. And the first thing is this. I want to invite us to move closer still toward each other. And I feel like after all my years in church, it's like I've spoken so many times about community. I've been so captivated by the concept of Christian community, of doing life together, of what can be achieved. And it's like, I can't, I can't harp on enough about this because I think that there is a very real invitation from God to move closer to each other. Maybe not necessarily physically because sometimes that can be a little bit uncomfortable, right? If someone's just in your space, but like emotionally, and relationally, we can move closer towards each other. I love, I love in Acts the description of the early church of the community. In fact, Acts four thirty two says this: the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and soul, uh, and not one of them claimed that anything of uh, anything of the things which he possessed was his own, but that they had all things in common. All things in common. So there is this picture that we see rising up in the early church where there is a, a relinquishing of self, right? Everything that kind of defines us, that, that, you know, this is who I am, this is what I'm about. I'm defined by the, by the things I own, the experiences I have, and the people that I'm connected with, right? Like, it's all about status. How am I seen and perceived? And there is this invitation that actually says, well, actually, like, that's not really where value as, our, as a human is. But that, but that when we discover that we have all things in common, when we, when, we, when we put the other in front of us, suddenly we discover something meaningful in our lives. I think that that is an absolutely beautiful concept. In order to discover ourselves and our story, what we're called to, it's almost like we are, we are paradoxically invited to get rid of these things, to empty ourselves of these things which, by which we define ourselves. And in the process, in sort, of, in sort of letting go of these things, we discover more of what life is supposed to be about. Strange thing, eh? It's like the paradox of the kingdom. It's like less is more. You guys ever heard that expression before? It's true. <coughs> so I think there's something incredibly beautiful in that. Um, uh, there's a guy called Jack Jezreel. I think that's how I say it. But uh, he says this about community and within Christian community particularly. Our tradition suggests that it is very difficult to live a life of integrity apart from the support, encouragement, witness, challenge, and celebration of a community. Community is, if you will, the medium in which so many important things of the gospel can happen. Community, listen to this, is an engine for peace and it is a fuel for justice. We are made for each other. As a species, we have always known we could not survive, could not flourish without each other. Whatever is to prosper, grow or multiply will only happen with the nourishment of people who are for each other in a significant way. I reckon like the next time someone says to me, I don't really feel like church isn't for me, you know? I just kind of connect with God by myself. I'm like, man, like it seems when we go to the scriptures or when we see you have someone like Jack who writes so beautifully that there is something meaningful that springs out of our life together. That when we move towards each other, we discover something more of the story. We discover something more profound, more beautiful, more captivating. 
We, we, we uh, encourage one another. We, we call out integrity in each other. We fuel each other towards justice. I mean, I think that's like a beautiful picture. And so as this like sort of invitation just rattles sort of gently around in my soul, it's like, Calvin, move, move closer. Still, still, move closer. Move closer towards the other. So simple, right? It's, it's such, a, such a simple notion. And yet often it's this thing, because, because we live in a world that's like always inviting us the complete other way, it's always telling you or showing you what, what your life should look like. Man, I've been, um, this is a little tangent, but, but one of the things that really affected me this week, you know, a couple, uh, last week there was uh, this whole story about Greg Boyd, this guy in the media, and there was a lot of talk around suicide, and that was really crushing. But um, on Monday this week, I saw as well online that there was a pastor in the States who committed suicide, and he was 30 years old. He's my age. And he has a wife and three young boys and he took his life. And I went and had a, I had a look at his Instagram, and my goodness, like this dude's life looked so great. Like his life looked so good. It's like it was, it was presented in this like incredibly beautiful way. Like beautiful family. Like stunning life. All, everyone in his church loved him. He's got a church of like a thousand people. And yet there's like a dissonance in his soul that moves him towards this thing. It's like incredibly painful. It's, it's heartbreaking. So that like affected me emotionally this week. And I'm thinking, man, like if we work so hard to portray and look like we've got everything together, like our life is so complete. And in some way we're unable to fully lean in and relinquish ourselves to the experience of being present to one another. I think that's what drives us towards these, these sorts of problems. It's what drives people towards the brink of brokenness. Man, so that just absolutely devastated me this week. And so we discover something when we move toward each other, when we love on one another, when we encourage one another, when we build one another up. So I want to encourage you guys as we step into a month of celebration Move toward each other. People in this room, there are people, you know, there's only like 20 of us here tonight. There's people in this room that like probably don't know each other. What if you move towards each other? What, what could you call out and invite in each other's lives? Um, it's a beautiful thought. It's very interesting. And my second thought is this, and it's once again, so simple, right? But I think that there's an invitation to move closer still towards God. Move closer. Still, still, move, move closer. Like I said, I live with this, like, this understanding that, like, that God is with me and he loves me. And it's, like, it's almost like God's saying, but actually like, there's, there's more of me to be discovered. There's a bit more still. Move closer. Discover more. And I think that's almost been like a, little bit, like a little bit thrilling and a little bit scary and a little bit confronting for me this week. What does it look like for you to move closer towards God? And, what is, and, and how exactly do we do this? And I think, I think really, you know, one of the things that I've been challenging is this whole idea of, of, first of all, discovering something deeper in Scripture that we haven't discovered yet, right? And also making ourselves available and present to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Richard Raw says this about Scripture. Um, uh, 
Divine revelation through Scripture was not God disclosing ideas about God, but actually God disclosing Himself. Scripture and religion itself become not mere doctrines or moralisms for me, but lovemaking, an actual mutual exchange of being and intimacy. My goodness, who's thought about Scripture that way? That it is like this window and this, and, and this way God like reveals himself to us. And that in the, in the process of reading it, of diving into it, of wrestling with it and talking, talking about others, you know, uh, talking with others about it. Who thought that in the midst of that, it's like you could discover something of your being, that you, know, that, that you could discover more of God's character. It's like it's very easy for us to just get frustrated with the text. Or, or actually just, oh, it's just this other thing that I feel like I have to do. And it becomes a religion thing or a doctrine thing or like a moral thing. But what if it drew us deeper into the character of God? Could that be something that captivates us? Because I think I've been captivated by that notion that Scripture could be a window to the character of God. Could we discover something? Could Scripture almost become alive? Could it be a mutual exchange of being and intimacy, drawing us deeper and deeper into relationship with Him? Man, I think that that's fascinating. And by the same token, what about making ourselves are really present to God. And at this point, I kind of want to, I almost want to like park closer and just move towards this word still for a second because um, I've always loved the notion, you know, be still and know that I'm God. Like you guys know that psalm? Who's heard that psalm? Right? Good. At least three out of the 20 of us. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? So we know that psalm. We know that. You know, I sat in a room this week and I was like, can I be honest with you? I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means to be still. I'm not like, it's just not, it's not, I don't even know what that means. And yet it's like, oh man, but God's showing me. But God is showing me and it's like, man, I am a beginner. I am a total novice, like at being still. But it's like, I'm, I'm on the verge of diving into something deeper, of knowing something deeper. So that's been like the, that's been the personal part of closer still for me. It's like, it's literally like closer and now, Still, and know that I'm God, because it's not about what I do, it's not about what I achieve, but knowing God. Closer, still, Calvin. And maybe it's still for some of you, but there's something about being, being um, uh, making ourselves present and available and aware of God. I'm not sure how often we do this. Um, there's been some studies done uh, on babies. So just as a baby discovers who they are by gazing into the loving eyes of their parents, right? So this is actually, interestingly enough, this is how babies develop empathy, right? From a young age, do you know one of the most incredible things when you, I know some of you guys, maybe one day about to become parents, right? Do you know, do you know how babies develop empathy from an early age? Is by looking at the face of their parents. By having their parents gaze upon them with the eyes of love. That does something. They've done, they've done, they've done scans, of like a parent and a baby just looking at each other and it's like firing off neural, neural pathways in their brain. Like their brains light up on brain scans. Isn't that cool? It cultivates empathy just by gazing upon one another with look. And the baby looks at the parent and it only knows how to mirror what it sees at that point. So it mirrors what it sees in the parent. 
And so for us, it's like, just as a baby does that, we are invited to gaze into the loving eyes of God. We too find ourselves developing and growing when we, when we gaze into the eyes of God, when we lean into His presence intentionally, when we, when we make that time to just be still and to just look, to gaze upon Him with, with our hearts. And I know that, it's, yeah, we could go down some other route, but, that, but I think that that is a beautiful, beautiful thought. Uh, James Finley says this, um, uh, when God gazes at us and we gaze at God, we light up and God lights up with the joy of being recognized by the one that God created in God's own image and likeness for the very sake of this recognition. Man, that's a bit of a mouthful, right? But do you see like that whole sort of relationship, this relationship of reliance? It's almost like we, you step into the relationship of the Trinity at that point. When God gazes at us and we gaze at God, we light up and God lights up with the joy of being recognized by the one that God created in God's own image and the likeness for the very sake of this recognition, right? This is God's desire that we see right in the very early chapters of Genesis that God longs to see His divine image like reflected back at Him. And this is His divine joy. When people step into this thing and go, like, I am made in the image of a loving God and I recognize that and I want that to shape everything that I am and do and how I function in the world and how I be. Man, I think that that is incredible. It's a state, it's this recognition is a state of visceral, emotional, intimate communion, a tender recognition of oneness that we might rest in as we, uh, as it finds rest in us. Oh man, that's like so beautiful. This incredible moment of intimacy and communion simply by us making ourselves available. So whether that for you is stepping into silence or making sure that you are alone, so stepping into solitude or simply just stopping, Right? Whatever it is for you, finding ways of just making yourself present and available to God. It's like, when was the last time you earnestly did that? When did that last look like something for you? It's like, man, we're just people who fidget, you know? All kinds of ways. We distract ourselves constantly. What does it look like to step into that with intention, to create that space in your lives? Man, and I think that we see, we see pictures of what this looks like in the Scriptures. Psalm 23, which is like, honestly, just a, a piece of Scripture that I just, I tend to like always try and avoid like those sort of cliche things, you know, like Psalm 23, John 3, 16. I just sort of brush them to the side. Jeremiah 29, 11, don't want to talk about it, you know. Let me, let me go deep into like something, you know. But man, I was looking at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness um, for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know who writes something like that? Someone who spends time in relationship with God. You know? Oh, surely goodness and mercy. You can just imagine him, right? Like we just see words on a page. But it's like, I just imagine this like guy like walking down the side of a river, you know? Oh my goodness, you're like this. You know, like just totally captivated by it. Totally in tune with it. 
And you know, you're my shepherd. I, I shall not want. I shall not desire. I don't need desire for anything else. When I have this fulfillment in you, you make me lie down. You make me rest. And in that rest, you restore my soul. Oh my goodness. Sometimes you ever read that and it's like, oh my goodness. Like, I wish I knew what that felt like. Just I feel so tense and panicky and stressed. And I've got that assignment due in. And there's that thing on my desk at work I have to get done. And it's like, oh, like, do you ever just like long for that restoration of your soul? It just comes from making ourselves available to it. It's like, this is what it looks like. This is the sort of stuff that just flows out of you when it's like when you just know and you've been in that space. This is what's cultivated in your life. And so this here is the invitation for us as a community, for us as individuals, for us as the wider Chauvinia Church, as we step into a month of celebration, I want to invite you. And I, like, I want to invite, even if you never come back to our church, if you're just visiting, if you never come back, even if you're not visiting and you never come back, that's fine. But I want you to leave tonight and I want you to consider what does it mean to move closer? Because that, that's an invitation that never stops. Come, come closer. Closer still, closer still. That invitation never stops. And every step you take towards, you discover something more. And I think that that is incredible. Thanks so much for listening. We do hope you enjoyed it. If you would like in any way to interact with that, if you'd like to make contact with me, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is vic at sbc.org.nz. Alternatively, if you'd like to be part of our Shaw Vineyard Fano, either for a one-off or on a more regular basis, we meet at 10 o'clock and 6 o'clock every Sunday, 252 Forest Hill Road, and you get the whole church experience. Then you're able to have your kids in our children's program, your youth in our youth program, and you get worship and all of the other things that are so important as part of a church. So keep in touch, uh, continue to listen if you'd like to on the podcast, uh, on our website svc.org.nz, uh, maybe even look at some of the other things that we're doing. So God bless you, it's been our privilege to connect with you in this way.